That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, sucker. No, no, no. You are. You defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Knocker Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest edition of the Jobberknocker Podcast. As always, is Nestlemania. Alongside for the ride is a man that put my arm in the stairs, went to go drop kick it, and completely missed JC. Hey, I may have done that, but I also am in the Hall of Fame, baby. <laughs> JC 2022 WWE Hall of Fame. Me and The Miz, uh, first ballot guys, face of the franchise guys, probably going to have the two biggest statues in the hall. Well, if there ever is a Jabberknocker Hall of Fame, you will be definitely in it because <laughs> you're like Cal Ripken. Besides me, I think, you know, so, uh, but yeah, that, yeah, you can be in your own Hall of Fame in your own mind. Uh, but we will be giving out golden knockers in a couple weeks, so maybe we'll just give we you an honorary will. knocker. So you never know. I am the Hall of Fame knocker of gold. That's true. It's very true. Uh, but anyway, we should get into the regular part of the show. There's a lot of wrestling, a lot of eh, kind of wrestling this week, I thought. But uh, mm. let's get into it. Let's get into the shiniest part of the, the entire pod, JC. Let's get into the shine. Always in the shine. Uh, let's talk about things that you really enjoyed this week. I mean, it's there wasn't anything that blew me away this week. But I will say that, once again, Sammy and Brock Lesnar together is absolute magic. Sammy comes out in a wheelchair, threatening to sue everyone. Out comes Paul Heyman. And when Sammy's like, you know what? I may be broken, but you're not an athlete. I'm an athlete. Even though I'm broken, I can still take you out. But WrestleMania, probably what was the biggest shine of the week is here comes overalls Brock Lesnar to save Paul Heyman. Um, Heyman got Brock all fired up after a little back and forth there. After I loved, I did like the visual of him bringing the chair and sitting with Sammy in the ring. So they were like eye to eye, and they did the whole like jokey thing. Like Brock, Brock's in a groove right now as a babyface, which I don't, I don't think we've ever seen before in the history of Brock Lesnar, which is cool. But Heyman has always had this thing with Brock Lesnar where you can kind of get him to flip that switch and uh he got him to flip the switch and uh not only did sammy get destroyed but so did his male nurses those poor guys and uh they're wet they're so, wet, yeah, wet, wet nurses wet nurses wet name. nurses yes yes, yes. They, because they Brock beat their pants that's why i mean can you blame them i mean you went to suplex pity you know you had a big uh overall guy suplexing you i'd probably wet my pants too do you think, but... he, do you think he practices on like a giant bale of hay just like I don't think around. he needs to practice. I think it's just he's been doing it his whole life. Natural so he's farm just like, strong, yeah. yeah, it's one of those things. It's like there's all there's things that all of us just do naturally without realizing it. I think Brock, if he wanted to, could just walk around suplexing people and not even realize it. That's true. It's like in, in the dark, he could just probably find somebody and you know throw him around. <laughs> That's true. Maybe he does it to Sable all night. So uh, Sable bombs. Those would be some everybody. interesting pinning combinations. Sable bombs. You know I mean. it's, a, it's a bedroom match, as they said in Ready yeah. to Rumble. It's a bedroom match. But anyway, uh, back to the. I think we're burying the lead here at least a little bit, which was you know because Dom and I are very hyper focused on the uh, the undercurrent of what goes on in storyline land. But the fact that he did like you're the you could your future reigning def-, like he said it and it slipped out and then of course like it got him amped up. He threw the guy and then Kayla backstage said, you know like. What do you think Roman Reigns is going to say to Heyman? And then he shit a brick. So like, I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Cause it was like, did he, did he slip like back into what he knew or did he slip in terms of like, Oh shit, I let the plan out early. Or was that part of the plan? You know, like there's, there's layers to this. And I really enjoyed it because Kayla went from, and I'm not, I'm not saying this like she didn't mean anything. She does, but she went from the arbitrary, not having follow-up questions, very much the standard. I forget, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I forget her name. You might remember the other girl on SmackDown, the the Patriots girl. Megan Morant. Thank you, yes. Sorry for uh, not knowing your name. But she has like the one and then the confused look, people walk away. But with Kayla, it's different. If you've noticed, she gets follow-up questions. She gets the better of the person, usually Heyman. Um, And I think that's why when she's on the screen, I'm always more interested for obvious reasons, but 
also because of like the work she does, because I think when you look at it, not a lot of people get to play back and forth with people. So she's had this really interesting role of getting to that investigative journalist kind of thing that they made, they poked fun of, you know, with the whole Brock Lesnar. And I'm gonna, so when I, I, I watched this very carefully and thought to myself, she is going to get more airtime each and every week. And I think she's going to break the story really that she might be eavesdropping and getting Heyman talking to Lesnar behind closed doors or something like that. Like, I think that's where we're headed. Like that's where the well, onion's going to be peeled. They, they've been doing the whole storyline with the two of them pretty much since talking smack. Like right. we saw Heyman and Kayla really develop this on-screen chemistry that was incredible. So now Paul does the whole thing. He's like, you want me whenever she's like following him around. And it's, it's weird. Creepy old guy uh, thinks a young, young, attractive lady wants him. But no, no, Kayla. I mean, Kayla's so infectious in that role. It works so well. And yeah, the, she's definitely playing a role in this because she did. She kind of broke the news uh, the week before after Heyman kept saying Brock's not going to be there. She broke the news that Brock would be back next week. So she's definitely an integral part of this storyline. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be great because the Heyman factor, they found a way. They did this over the summer leading in the crown jewel, this exact storyline. It paid off and it was fine. And now they're literally going back to it. And it's still fresh as a daisy because freaking Brock is a chameleon. This guy is just making himself better and better as a babyface every week. Adding Sami Zayn was perfect. This extra Paul Heyman stuff is perfect. And by the way, there was another Brock Lesnar segment that um, <laughs> I just I just want to say it in the shine by default yeah. because it was so ridiculous. Because he just talked about uh, hunting. moose hunting yeah. for like ten minutes, and it was just like. I, Pierce. Adam Pierce, this was one of his best segments in a long time because just he didn't have to say a word. His reactions to what Brock was saying was fucking perfect. This segment was hysterical. I, I want to be Brock Lesnar for so many reasons. Like for, you know, you can you can throw a stick and figure out why. But you get to a point of like, and he got to like basically, you know, make Adam Pierce pee himself. Like I, I to me, that's like the creme de la creme for me besides obvious things. But, What's up with you and people peeing themselves today? Well, I, I have to deal with a lot of poo and pee in my own life, so it's probably the, the correlation there. <laughs> but I will say this much. I am having a lot of fun watching this. Like, when I turn on SmackDown and I see Brock Lesnar, I am just having a good time. When I'm seeing Sami Zayn, I'm having a good time. So, like, they led through that entire, that entire thing. Made a lot of sense, and it was fun, and Roman Reigns was nowhere to be found. And they, that, that's the thing that I think is missing here. You go to Raw, and it is a virtual who's who thrown at you 45 times, beating you over the head with a club. But you go to SmackDown, people take time off, and you're like, well, this is refreshing. This is nice. I, not everybody has to be jammed into the show. So for me, I thought SmackDown was the A-plus show this week. Even without, oh, the, you know, the, the, even without the, the Tribal Chief, which, who, who has been steering that ship forever. Yeoman's work. But you go to Raw, we'll talk about it most in the heat, I think, because there is a night and day difference when I'm watching the blue versus the red brand. Yeah, it, it, it was weird because like a, probably a month or two ago, it seemed like it had shifted a little where Raw was on a good run and SmackDown was kind of in the gutter. But the one constant for SmackDown has been Roman Reigns. And when Brock Lesnar's back, the show probably, if we look back throughout the year, that's probably when the show's been at its peak is when Brock Lesnar's gracing us with his presence because he's just so good. And I just, I can't say enough about this stuff, but I'm curious because you seem to really like SmackDown. What do you think was the second uh, best theme of SmackDown this week? So you're going to laugh at this, but I wanted to point directly at this as kind of like a, is a thing. We were waiting for Zyla, sorry, Zia Lee, right? And she showed up under like Jim Mahan. She so. showed up, right? Like, so Regard like Ray thought I was gonna shit on the entrance because Ray thinks you know I'm completely. Oh, the entrance was dope, dude. The, the entrance was great. I this yeah. is this is the first this is the first time for me, and maybe it was the cartoon thing that worked. Maybe it was like the the samurai feel, or maybe it was just like something worked right. But the AR combined with the fighting with everything, it made it seem like she was special. I wish that they hadn't cut to her walking out of the entrance. And maybe like darkened everything and she just showed up like a carrying cross kind of entrance. You know what I mean? But th that's nitpicking at best. It was great. And then she got in there. And of course, Natty and Shayna are the best people on the roster to take every move, even if she missed it. And made her look like a star. And the 30 seconds she was doing, a, you know, bop, 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 boom, boom, boom. It was great. So I, I, I thought Zyla Lee, which again, SmackDown is Charlotte, maybe Sasha. Sasha. 
and then yeah. like the rest. So when I saw yep. this, I went, "Ooh, a second tier women's thing that I'm excited about." I've already, I, you know, I've talked about how I thought Zyla Lee is great. I'm not going to put the curse on her, but when I watched that JC, I went, "Yeah, you can forgive the idea that she kind of, you know, missed her big kicks and stuff or whatever." But like, when that's I, always that's been my biggest criticism for her. She does that a lot. She does, but I will say this much on the main roster. Kevin Dunn's boop, 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 uh, you know, too many clicks. Well, we'll definitely, <laughs> definitely <laughs> remedy that. It'll remedy that in no, no form. I'm sure it'll give everybody a seizure, but that's beside the point. But I think Zia Lee, when I watch her, I think to myself, and this isn't like a slight to anybody else in the roster, but I always think that when I watch a great women's wrestler, I think, is that person believable? And I think that's where I hold off on the Liv Morgans for now is I don't necessarily think she's gone over that hill yet, right? But she will. When I watch Zia Lee, I think at the very minimum, when she's in the ring, I will believe what she's doing. The promo might be terrible. I don't know. We'll find out. But I think in terms of the in-ring skill, there are people that do too many rehearsing kind of things, and I'm really hoping she stays away from that. Because if she looks like she's doing some type of, like, you know, rehearsed backflip, yada, yada, then I'm going to be turned off. But I think if they keep her very quick, maybe give her a couple squash matches a couple of weeks. Maybe let her just kind of get into the Royal Rumble and then maybe she starts a feud there. I'm okay with it. But if you expose her right away, I think that's going to be a big misstep. So I'm excited for her because she was going to get my comeback. But I just, I'm curious what you think too because I, I was super high on it. I didn't expect to be. I really like the entrance. I thought it was cool. Um, it's definitely, this is something I think a reason why Fox was like, looked at this character and was like, this is something we can work with because they're big in all that AR stuff and everything. And obviously we, uh, you talked about like the comic-y type anime type thing they had the week before, which was actually pretty cool for her too. So they're definitely going to give her the full treatment. They're going to treat her and present her like a star. Um, my only concern, and this is always my concern with the baby face that has a lot of this sizzle, this sizzle, you can't really see in the arena. So, like, on TV, it's awesome. But in the arena, like, you don't really see this stuff. So I'm worried about her reactions early on. I think pairing her with Naomi off the rip is probably smart because Naomi's someone who always gets a positive reaction. So until the crowd and, like, the more casual people that go to these events, like, realize who she is, I think that'll definitely help her get the reaction that she deserves because this – but like I said, the, the TV experience is awesome. So hopefully after a couple of weeks, then people will go to the shows having seen it and they'll just start cheering for it. But my concern is that in, in person, it isn't going to pop as well. So you're going to need all the help you can get in terms of that. I'm assuming she's probably going to work some matches with Natty. I think that's probably a good idea because if any, like no matter what people's faults are or coming up, like you give them Natty, you give them Dolph Ziggler. That's just how it goes. And I think that works well. But I am curious to see how quickly they throw her into the fire um, because in NXT, she was very up and down. I really liked her work towards the end of NXT when she got that heel persona. Obviously, she's more of a baby face, but her baby face stuff at NXT, it wasn't great. It was more of a lot, a lot of that rehearsed stuff that you talked about that you see a lot sometimes. And so I'm a little worried about that, but I mean, it's one of those things. It's like people get better over time. She's been in the program for a while. They obviously called her up to the main roster because they feel like she's ready. They're giving her this presentation. So I think the ball's in her court to succeed. I think we're going to need to be patient like we are with most people. But I do think that entrance was fucking awesome, and it caught my attention for sure. Hmm. All right, well, let's move on to something positive else, uh, at least hopefully. I don't see a lot more on SmackDown for me, unless you do. Tony Storm got a win by Hooker Mike Crook. Oh, no. no, 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 Charlotte no, no, beat no. her down. I no. don't care. No. Tony got the win. It's Tony time. She's probably going to get her title shot at day one. More Tony the better, baby. I can't. I just can't. This is supposed to be positive, JC. I, it is I, positive. You just you have this weird thing where you hate blondes. You're, that's you're, not you're true like at all. Anti blonde guy. No, that's yeah. not true. That's not true. Yeah. Not true at all. N name a blonde that you've ever been positive about. Trish Stratish. She doesn't count. Yeah, she does. She's not. She's actually not a natural blonde. She's a fake blonde. None of these women are real. Your most blondes. hated person ever was Kelly Kelly. You don't like Charlotte. You don't like Tony Storm. I love Charlotte. I love Charlotte. Whoa, 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 whoa! You like Mandy now that she isn't blonde? No. Oh, oh, I, I see. It is blonde. Oh my no, God! No, it is not. The proof right there. No, you hated not. Mandy when she was blonde. I grew up loving now Britney Spears. Now you're fine with him. Whoa! You hate Dana Brooke. Who else is blonde? I bet you if we named every blonde, you hate him. You're a. You're a. 
blonde assist. Because I don't, I don't know how to. Well, listen, you you had me until you you fumbled right there. But uh, that's anti blonde assist. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you could have said blonde shamer. That seems like a normal thing for you. to I say. know, but I use shamer a lot, so I had to think of a new like thing. You know, every now and then you got to mix it up. They can't all be the same. That's fine. Blonde I just I, I feel like you fumbled at the, the the one yard line there, but that's okay. Nah, that's I picked it up and I scooped and scored though. That's all that matters. Scooped and scored. So. Scooped and scored. Scoop and score, baby. Scoop and score. He's a he's a he's a garbage man. He just scoops and scores. That's what he is. Whatever that, gets the job done, man. But anyway, I don't. I I, I personally think it would have been nicer to see uh, you know somebody get a W instead of a, a DQ win. But that's fine. That's just me. And then of course she gets her head kicked in because why not? You know it is what it is. So. You know, well, Charlotte and Becky must pose. Well, so. I just, I just, I, I think here that they didn't do anything. Uh, they didn't do any services. They did a disservice to Tony Storm, I believe, with a DQ and then her looking less than again. And everybody can talk me into the idea of like, oh well, she's always going to be under, under, under. She's got to come and you know up above and win. I understand that. I know how you know storylines work and, and logic works. But I'm looking at it from a perspective of. Not necessarily how I look at something right now, because I know people give me a lot of shit for the way that I look at it, but I'm looking no. at it from, yeah. <laughs> so I look at it more like the normal person that turns into TV, if that person just got like basically beaten up over time, do I care? Like, am I caring about that person? Personally, for me, I don't care, but I am curious, and my timeline has made it, people love Tony because they just love Tony. But she's I'm wondering, cool. no, and I'm not saying she's not cool. I'm just saying, I'm wondering what the person that isn't a hardcore Tony fan feels about her they probably feel indifferent that's what i would think based on what the presentation is right now and i think that's what they're they're working they, they're working since she's a baby face they're trying to work her as an underdog but the reason why i didn't hate this finish is because we know in wwe people fight about 50 times in a row so when you do something like this it's like they give you like a, a te- they do this a lot they give you like a teaser of the match like here have a little taste taste and like they had a couple good things going like oh if they gave these two women a long match i bet it would be good but they give you a little taste and then obviously they schmazz it because it's a wwe way so we're gonna get this again we're probably gonna get it two more times how we can get it three more times the way they freaking do it in this thing so it's like the just a little taste a little taste be like this is this is this is what's to come the best is yet to come here's a little taste and uh charlotte must pose because she's a big bad heel and woo 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 you charlotte so charlotte's like a caesar salad an appetizer is what you're saying. This match was an appetizer. No, Charlotte's an appetizer, the main course, the dessert. And if there's anything else after that, she's still that. What is after dessert? I don't know. I don't know. Some people might have like a, a drink or two. Dessert, yeah. Extra, yeah, yeah. A liqueur. Nightcap. 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 Yeah. Yeah, listen, I'm not a huge fan of it. I just, I, I think yeah. that Charlotte's great. I think she's going to elevate a lot of people. To me, I think that the whole presentation has been kind of eh. So that's just me. I don't believe in it. But you can sit there and believe in it all you want. We're still in the shine. It's fine. Well, no, I'm just saying you just hate blondes, pies, and I don't know. There's something else there there, but we can move on. What else you got? I don't have a lot more on SmackDown. Actually, I don't have anything really on SmackDown. I don't have anything else on SmackDown. Moving on to the Monday show that is also considered uh, Raw, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. I actually really enjoyed... For some odd reason, I don't know why. Explain it to me, JC. What's wrong with me? Dana Brooke, twenty four seven. You're putting this in the shine. Oh yeah. Because you, there was you're the, only putting this in the shine because I just called you a blonde assist. Nope, 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 nope. I, it's it's in my notes. I'll show it to you. But I, for some reason, up until the the normal like shenanigans with the the boing and all that other crap. But for some reason, I thought I think they have something here with Reggie and Dana Brooke. I really do. I don't know why. It's an odd feeling that I, I that I get when I watch it, JC. But it, we make a joke all the time that Vince McMahon is in you know in his creative meetings going, "We need somebody fucking," you know, like we need somebody to like have a romantic angle. I think that they're looking at this like nobody's doing anything. They're they're gonna be fucking, you know, like that's how he's he's looking at it like this. So eventually, <laughs> especially since the hot cocoa and the whole like they're gonna you know obviously it'll end with you know Reggie somehow winning the back championship because they'll be you know pulling the rug out from under but i looked at it and i went i don't i don't hate it i don't know why i don't hate it jc and then of course you know tamina looking disheveled coming in and yelling kind of remind me of home alone a little bit i don't know maybe it's just because it's the season maybe i just love home alone you but love I, tamina too so. i love tamina it was like i don't know i love tozawa for different reasons too but i, just, I mean tozawa is my favorite part of these segments yeah always. i mean i mean truth just he's Ugh. the anchor but like he keeps that thing going i mean the only reason that belts around is because truth and, and tozawa but, but i looked at this and i went i don't like it 
but I don't hate it. Like I, this is the first time I went, fuck, this was an okay segment for me. Are you drunk? No. You don't drink and somehow you're drunk. I just like, you You looked at Raw this week, which wasn't a great show. No, it was not. And you looked and you saw Dana Brooke walking in a park. Yep. Just the most robotic fucking talk but, here's, like, here's, ever. Here's the other thing. And you're like, yeah, that's the best part of Raw this week. You're fucking kidding hold me? On, hold on, I don't give a fuck about Dana Brooke and Reggie and this shit. And oh my God. The only cool part of this is Reggie did a little flip into the snow. Rip it in. I can go to YouTube and see that hey, shit. Hey, hey, hey. You know what I also just occurred to me? She has that like Minnesota uh, feel. And they were in like, they were in Minnesota, weren't they? So then why didn't they put her in the arena if she has a Minnesota field? They had to hide her in the snow. Well, maybe that's because she's better with, t- you know, a couple takes than she is live. I, obviously. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Come on. I mean. I just, I'm flabbergasted by this. I just I, like, I, I, I looked at this and I, I went. I expected like, this to be like heat of the week or something. This is. No. I am. I don't, I don't even, I'm speechless. This is where this you thought is, a left, a left hook was going to come and hit you. The yeah, right cross. I, have, I honestly like, cause I can look for. Positive things in these twenty-four segments. Segments sometimes be like, "Oh, this is fun." You want to talk about this? I didn't have much fun in this one. This is probably the least fun one they've had in listen, a while. Listen, listen. Maybe it's because yeah. Christmas cheer is around, and I'm trying to be a little bit more positive. But like, I think it's just because Tamina was in listen, it. Honestly, maybe maybe it was to the Tamina factor. She's great. Tamina, at Tamina. No one's meaner than Tamina. Uh, but seriously, I just I I foresee like just Christmas nonsense for the rest of like this you know like the hot cocoa and yuletide carols and all the whole shebang and somebody being near you know roasted fire mistletoe yeah exactly mistletoe exactly will happen on christmas you're so good at blowing my brains out i'm just saying listen 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 i don't like hallmark movies we know that most people do i don't but i feel like this is their attempt to make a really shitty christmas halloween or hallmark whatever fucking thing they do I, i just I think they're going to make their hallmark moment here with their Reggies and their, you know, good feeling of uh, Mac and uh, Dana Brooke. She went from she went from Batista to Reggie. I mean, really, it's an upgrade. So, I this I'm unbelievable, unbelievable out of you today. Like I don't, I just I don't. All right, so can now that I've got you <laughs> off your rocker, can you go back to another positive on Raw that you enjoyed? Yeah, I mean, the Miz put himself in the Hall of Fame. I mean, Miz and Edge, like, this this match was surprising, like we said last week, but it was a cool surprise, or two weeks ago, whenever it started. Um, and this was just, like, it was like a little thing. Obviously, they sent out Maurice first, so Maurice gets to do her thing. And uh, the segment obviously ended because Miz kind of used his wife as, like, uh, you know, a shield or whatever, and she wasn't happy with it. And, man, did she slap her husband. That was a good slap, Nelson. We've had some good slaps, but is it safe to say that's probably the slap of the year? I mean, uh, how many more slaps do we need? I mean, that, that, oh, there's that, plenty of slaps, but that clearly was a slap. Do of you the year, remember? Mike. And I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but do you remember all the slaps of the year? Because I don't. I mean, there's people slap. I mean, there's definitely been ones that happened, but none like this. But I feel like this it's, is a it, slap of the year. I see. Here's the thing, though. I think that you have a bias towards the Miz and, and Maurice, and rightfully so. But also, I did. Do you remember? You just said yourself. I don't remember any other stuff. But what yeah, I'm saying, it, but it, but it's hard to, but it's hard to judge that because it just happened yesterday, Monday. I'm so not gonna forget this slap. I remember this slap for the rest of my life. I doubt that highly, unless, unless this was weaved into the Ms. and Mrs. T- television show, which could potentially have happened. So. I mean, of course it is. So maybe that's why you remember it because you get to relive it in like six to eight months when they're showing it on their new season of the Ms. and Mrs., which should be on the USA Network, I'm sure soon. So good. But you know. I was surprised that this was an Edge promo that went under seven minutes. That was nice. Um, I'm starting to get a little fatigue here because I'm... With ex- what? I don't know if the back and forth is really doing anything anymore. Like, at least the slap made me go, oh, great. His wife's not going to accompany him during this matchup, so we're going to get one-on-one, which obviously will lead to Maurice probably helping Miz win against Edge somehow, some way, because he's the Miz. Like, that. that's what my brain went, but... You know, I'm just one man. I think this is a just put Edge over before the Royal Rumble match. That's the way I saw it. Because the Miz, as we know, is invincible. That man could never win a match and then win the WWE title. Oh, wait, that's literally what he did last year. I think he lost for six straight months, got the money in the bank from Otis, cashed and became WWE champion because it doesn't matter with him. Whereas Edge, you know, going into the Rumble season and WrestleMania season where he's probably going to be in a big match, he needs to pick up some solid dubs and beating a two-time WWE champion, that's a solid dub. Well, he's gonna, you know, if he's gonna face like an AJ Styles, and I mean, it doesn't really matter if he wins or loses. I think once you see AJ Styles versus Edge on the marquee, you're gonna be boned up. Ready yes, to go. but I think going into the Rumble to really, you know, boost Edge up, a win's always good. All right. Well, if not, you're gonna call him Finn Balor for losing. So, well, Finn Balor is just another 
gentleman who I can't even have. Jobber to the top heels in the company, man. He when he's gonna get pinned by Austin Theory too. So he's just he's putting he's, he's putting doing over his every job. heel on Raw. He's doing exactly. his job. He's, he's putting over every heel on Raw because after Big E, it's heel, 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 heel. Maybe he needs to face the Miz after Edge. You know, give get a victory. Someone's gonna win. Battle of the Dubs. You know, it's like whatever. It is what it is. All right. Anything else on Raw that got you really excited or happy or whatever? I mean, I enjoyed Bianca Dewdrop again, but wasn't that just last week too? Nope. See, 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 this is where this is where I'm gonna hurt hurt and 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 squeeze and and be upset because I thought this was a sloppy match. I mean, sloppy Joe's. No, 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 no. Not physical, sloppy. This thing was sloppy Joe's on Thursdays at high school. It was bad. I mean, it was like I watched this match and I was so pumped because the Drew drop dropped the name, sort of, kind of, and then the music and then the presentation and it was, you know, she's dropping the dew. And then, you know, Bianca, you know, does her thing, which is always great. And I watched this match and I went, there is absolutely no chemistry here. There is absolutely... They just had a great match last week. What do you mean there's no, no chemistry? Not, what have you done for me lately? This match was dog and shit. Last week this match was dog shit. Yeah, this was match fine. was dog shit. No, we're fine. I don't want fine on my television. Get fine off my fucking you know, television. So you say on one hand, you don't want these scripted ballet fests, but then you get one that's more physical and sloppy. Which physical is fine, like but that. you don't so mess you know, it so up. You want, you want ballet. You want ballet. No, I do not want, want ballet. You're an ass. That's what you are. I will give you $5 right now if you can name that song. No, you can't. It's the fucking ballerina song. It's the fucking ballerina songs. That's that right there. You're biased against ballerinas. Throw it on the list. No, I just said. You don't know anything about ballerinas. I know their song. How does that make me biased? Because you don't know the song. You don't have respect for the ballerinas. Oh, I don't know the names of a song. Great. That's fine. Doesn't mean shit. Let's move on because Bianca and what's her face was terrible. The end. Great match. Match. Terrible, terrible, terrible. What else do you got? Match. Your your shine's turning into poop right now. Let's that go. That was literally the only other thing that I enjoyed on Raw. The rest of All right, let's, before shit. before we get into the heat, I'm just gonna say, man, I'm so excited on Friday Night Rampage. They sent Hook and I was so happy. So if you wanna get you wanna get on your heat, go right ahead. But I am excited for Hook on AEW. Not that he's the second coming. He's not Brock Lesnar and all that stuff. I was pleasantly surprised. I had no fucking clue he was that good on the mat. So for me, I think he could be, a, a, like, I look at him as the same way I look at Darby Allen. Doesn't need to be the world champion, but, man, is he going to make an impact in that TNT. Like, I mean, that that division, that, like, the, the next thing he could do, Darby Allen versus whatever, if we don't get Punk versus Hook, goddamn, man, like, Axon, you know, they had, they had the Bronson music, they had everything. He just had a swagger about himself at a very young age. All I could think about was, this dude's going to get, so much better if he sticks around and does puts his head down and does his work and his dad helps him out because honestly, and seeing that photo of his dad clapping when he came out, that was really fucking cool. But I've always been a Taz guy, so obviously I'm always Team Taz. But I was so excited to see Hook because I didn't know what to expect from him. And Fuego del Sol did a fantastic job. Ding, ding, ding. And that's, that's that, great. that. That guy has earned his money, man. He is so good. At making everybody look good, everybody yeah. look good. He made that's Nero where look my good. kudos goes because the yeah. hook thing is cool. Like it's cool. They obviously they've taken their time with him. He's become this like fad sensation with everything with the send hook memes and everything. So it was like, how does he live up? It's like they obviously they clearly it was well thought out and apparently he came up a lot of those ideas by himself. I love that when people get to have impact on their characters because you know they feel it. But to me, I was just like. This Fuego guy, like, we don't get to see him a lot unless you're watching the darks or whatever. And we know he never wins. Well, he only was really on TV when he was losing to Miro, uh, which set up the Sammy storyline. But I was like, dude, he just, like, the shit that he was doing just to make Hook look amazing. I was like, I hope whatever contract Tony gave him was a good one because this guy is worth his money because you can just throw him out there with people and make him look this good instantly. It's just like, the, the debut couldn't have gone any better for Hook because now you and the rest of the internet get to freaking... Don't throw me in with the, I'm not saying he's gone. I'm not... <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it. Uh, how dare you? Crazy, how dare crazy. you think I go that fast? I would never go that fast ever. Oh, you're more of a. You're more of a. Yeah, that's exactly how I do it. I, I'm gonna sing that the next time. So yeah. Anyway, back to not that. Anyway, I enjoyed Hook. I the rest of uh, Rampage, not for me. But I was very. I, I legitimately wanted to see if Hook was decent enough, and he 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 exceeded expectations. I thought and. Uh, Boy, did Rampage need an appointment television, and that was it for me, and then I turned it right off. But that's beside the point. 
Um, wow. So let's get into the heat. Let's there's let's just there's plenty of stuff to talk about here. <laughs> I feel like we should if we call ourselves on the carpet here. We really wanted Bobby Lashley to be in this fatal four way, but God damn it, if we needed so many segments to do it, I feel like I would have rather. Did we know? No, I'm just saying. I just I hear something. I mean, I wore my hurt business shirt, but it doesn't mean I wanted him in the fatal four. Like this one was tough for me because obviously it's just. I don't, well, obviously the way they did it, I, you clearly didn't like it either. Um, it's tough because we already had this triple threat jam packed where Seth won it and Kevin inserted himself in and like last year's kind of been lurking, but it's like, Oh, okay. We'll save him. He'll be like maybe a big rumble contender. But when I looked at this match, I didn't think like Lashley, you'd be like, Oh yeah, let's throw him in too. I mean, they're clearly going for something, but, and to just have him, I, the one thing that I did love about this was the way that KO lost. It was like the immediate tap before it was locked in. It was kind of like if you watch UFC on Saturday. Amanda Nunez, unbeatable champion, kind of did that right as she got one locked in too, uh, probably saving herself. So I thought that the KO thing was genius. But then the rest of it was just like it, it becomes more comedy with Biggie, Rollins, and KO, which those guys are all so good they can have a little bit of it. But it's like it would just became like all a sideshow, and these guys like look like nothing. And yeah, Lashley looks like incredible, unbeatable like he is, but it's like we've already seen Big E beat him one-on-one in the ring, so we know we can hang with him. But it was just the way they did this. It was just kind of like it obviously dominated the night, and it just, I don't know, it just didn't. And now we have this fatal four-way, which is going to be a big mess, which will be fine because that means Big E will retain, and then all these other guys will enter the Rumble if KO sticks around. But it was just like... I don't know. I didn't throughout the night. I didn't, I wasn't like enjoying it. And it was weird. Cause like you're presenting Lashley as like, we're supposed to root for him early. And then it's like later he's fighting Big E, and it's like, well, am I still supposed to root for him? Or am I like, am I not cheering for, B-? it was just, it was a confusing night as a fan, I think is the best way to put it. I think they, they had, this is the best idea they had. And they went, ah, Ooh. fuck it. Nobody will, you know, whatever. Cause I had, I had played this scenario in my brain. Like, would, if they had done a gauntlet, it wouldn't have made any set in any sense either. I mean, essentially, this was like three part gauntlet. Essentially, it's like I a guess. broken up gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I just, I, I was trying to think about it in a way like, if they did a three on one, that would make them all look terrible. Oh, if Jesus. they did a tag match to, to the contenders to beat them, that would make them look terrible. If it was Big E and Lashley, because Lashley, like, if they found a way for Big E to be like, no, Lashley should be in it, why would he say that? That doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I went through my my brain cells and tried to figure out what exactly they could have done besides the fact of just shoehorning him in. I, I don't know what they could have done at this point. I really don't. I, I don't know if just putting him in the match without all of the the gaga that went along with it. I mean, when I, when I watched this, I thought the one thing that really, really irked me more than anything was you kind of hit it on there, but the the backstage segments, I felt like KO and Rollins really made me feel like watching their presentation last night or on Monday made it feel like they were less than. Like yes. they were like Seth Rollins was a big fucking deal. Like even not even a week ago, maybe two, but you know, had the contract, it was a big fucking deal. Shouldn't his contract state that he gets to pick the time and the place. And, you know what I mean? Like, so like having the other two in there makes me feel like, can he just null and void the contract and be like, oh, yeah, I'm in it anyway. You know what I mean? Like there's no logical sense for someone to, to fight a contract in a ladder match, but not have stipulations on why they're in that match to begin with. So when I, when I was watching him eating up scenery and usually I love it, it felt like that was a portion of his character. I just didn't enjoy. And then of course, KO was doing whatever he was told and that's fine. But I just, you had this guy who's trying to out, out, you know, outdo everybody, and he's and he's doing whatever he can. But I just I looked at this and I went, so basically it's Big E versus Bobby Lashley with two guys in there that are going to eat a pin. Like that's, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I wouldn't be surprised if they both pinned the other guys at the exact same time, and then at Rumble <sighs> it's Lashley and Big E to see who find out who the real champion oh, is. That's can you what imagine I, how angry the internet? I, like, I, I saw that and I went that that that's a very good possibility because when I here's the thing another thing too JC I don't know if you know this there are a lot of pictures showing like the big gaps of chairs that weren't you know there were a lot of seats available last night in St Paul on Monday when Big E came out I didn't know this and when I was watching it but you watched Big E and he had to face hard cam which was essentially a sea of no seats. That has to do something to you. As the WWE champion, as the reason for that show, I'm sure like that it was a debilitating thing. Because behind you it looked cool with all the people cheering. You see a sea of nobody. That has to that has to feel like, what the fuck am I doing here? 
You know what I mean? Like, I think it's been like that a lot lately, especially with Raw. Um, I think that one was obviously a little more extreme than normal with the amount of stuff they had blocked off, but I don't know. It, yeah, it's tough. just, it's, it was, it was, and like there was energy like from the crowd, I will say at some points in the night, but it's just like, I don't know, this, this felt like such a slog, man, this whole thing. And I mean, it's just one of those things. Like I, we were a little worried about like this lawn build to day one being no December pay-per-view. So they really kind of had to get creative. And uh, well, we've seen here that they kind of dropped the creative ball in my opinion. So. I think it would have been better to have him have a real challenge in the middle of something here because then you could just, like, it's not a pay-per-view, but you can make a Raw special, like put in a, a retro Raw or, you know, like make like a themed Raw like they do in AEW. Kind of like they do NXT and AEW. Yeah, yeah, I think, that, I think that's important because it doesn't have to be like it can be a special event. So I, I feel like Raw does that uh, never, and I think that they should. And because Big E needs something because I, I'm watching this going, he is going to slip real quickly out of there. They're not doing him any favors. No, they're not. Sure. They're definitely not. And it, it sucks because he's such a good human and you want to see him succeed. So Yeah. Like, it's weird. Everything away from WWE that he's doing in terms of going all these sporting events and stuff like that, like, is incredible. Like, that's what you want from your champion. He's, like, truly the face. And go, people get fired up to see him. He's a big energy guy. You see him on the sideline of football games, doing intros and boxing and everything. But literally, like, when he's on the WWE product, they don't know how to fucking book him. It's... Yeah. it's it's sad, man. It's because it's he's pathetic, not honestly. because they probably just don't want anybody to be dominant. That's I also face. don't think they're good at booking babyface champions anymore. Yeah. Like I feel like every time it's like they just and we know we talked about his heart in general. We're gonna see how AEW does with Hayne Man. So far, I mean, he's literally complaining on Twitter how he hasn't wrestled yet. He's wrestling this week, but it just it's 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 hard to do. And they're just WWE has really struggled with it in recent memory. So all right, what else has got you hot and bothered? Um the we, the this thing was just more of a weird thing for me, is that uh well, Lotharios have been getting a big push, and then all of a sudden this week they're a jobber alert to Boogs and Knock, and just like, okay, yep, have uh, has Vince put the toys back in the toy box, or are they just going to fifty-fifty book these jobber matches every week? I mean, I don't think anybody cares about anything that the Los Lotharios are doing. I don't think anybody I cares like them about better Boogs than and Boogs and Knock. I don't think anybody cares about either. All four, actually, I don't think nobody cares. Yeah, people definitely care about Boogs and Knock. The only reason and they care is because Pat McAfee is losing his mind on the fucking yeah. commentary table. But other than that, I don't think it matters. Honestly, yeah, no. it, it seems like we're in a, a time loop when I'm watching this stuff because it's I feel brutal. like it's not only is it brutal, but I feel like I've lost track. I mean, thank God I do a hashtag jobber alert. If I went back for the rest of the year, I'd be curious to see how many shimmy Nakamura boogs like I, I bet all four of those guys are in the top five of jobber alerts for the whole year. Because it just feels like it's it's continuous every single now, the time. Women's, the women's matches are probably at the top. In terms well, of the, the queen of the ring or the whatever, queen's crown didn't do us any favors. So yeah. that's that was beside the fucking point, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, Speaking to, of queen's crown, the queen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Rhea Ripley is one of the most dominant women they have had in a while. And she's young. She's got all the talent in the world. And they just... They roll her up this week in like yeah. 30 seconds. That was incredible. It's absolutely incredible what they do sometimes. I just like, what, like, why even have this be a match if that's what you're going to do? Like, what does that do for anything? Like, what, like, what does it, what does it do? Nothing. I think, I think what they were trying to accomplish here, and I think it fell on deaf ears, was that they were trying to make her be empathetic to Nikki being a sad sack. And I think she got hit with that sidekick, and then they rolled out, and they rolled her up, and that was it. I laughed more at the, uh, the how the carpet stopped, like, directly at the entrance. It's like, you think more for a queen would have, like, a long carpet? It was like, sorry, we only have remnants left. Uh, let's just give her, like, the, you know, four yards of it, you know, whatever, and that's it. Um, and she came out and did her thing. But I just, I if we get, if this is the minutia that we have to go through or the, or the, the nonsense and the muck that we have to get to Nikki Cross with Rip, Rhea Ripley, like, that visual, that'd be fucking cool. But... If you know, I'm okay with it. But if we're not, if we're just, if we're just doing this, and Nikki, you know, overcomes in her superhero outfit, then I'm just, I'm done. I think, I think, after the iconics, those tag titles have been. That's it's been a rough. They've broken up every tag yeah. team that they started to build up, so it's just like I. It's tough. I don't know. It's very very tough. I I just. I I, I foresee those championships going away. I really do. I think they'll they'll keep them, but it's just going to be like this. It's going to be pain. Lots of pain. So they do have a lot of young tag teams down at NXT and Noma's division. So, you know, maybe someday, but like on the main roster, it's literally like they call some up and they just rip them up. And, I'd be know. curious to see if they thought better about maybe having a, you know, another, like, you know, a mid-carder championship instead of the tag titles. Because I feel like that, that to me, at the very minimum, I mean, not that they treat the United States or the, the Intercontinental well, but 
maybe that's more believable at this point. I, I think it's just hard because you already have a Raw and SmackDown, so you have two women's singles titles. So this just makes much more sense. It's just like they need to, I don't know, they need to do a better job committing to it, and they just clearly not. So it's unfortunate. I would love to see a yep. women's tag title TLC match again. I think that would be fucking cool. Because honestly, yeah. I think Oscar and uh, Kyrie Sane, as I'm thinking about it right now, that to me was like probably the last. The best. Kabuki Warriors were incredible. That Love was like the last. Shania Payne had a good run for time at times. Yeah, but the minute Natty and Tamina won those, yeah, they just like they had, they did rough. nothing with them anymore. Yeah, they barely used them. So, anything else you want to talk about very specifically in the heat? That I actually want to talk about, not really, but they uh, named the best tag team in WWE in the New Day one, who aren't champions. So there's that. Well, you know, it couldn't have been RK Bro because, well, they're not, they've been a tag team for like three seconds. And then I was like, the Usos. Nope. The New Day. Okay. Um, yeah. It Do you know who the fans voted for by a lot, Usos. though, WrestleMania? Yeah, Usos. No, RK Bro. Did they really? I thought it was RK Usos. Bro. No, Usos were second. Okay. New Day was last. The team that the fans said were the third best team in WWE is who got the win. So they clearly. Like, well, that's hard, though, because you're, you're asking right now. Or you, you know what I mean? To them, they probably. No, it's just right now. When, when I see who's the best who's the best tag in WWE, it means right now to me. I thought it was ever. That's what I no, thought. I, I mean, I ever, it's, I'd be hard to put RK Bro in that because they're. That's they're what I'm new. saying. I, I, I think it's just now. So who's the best tag team in WWE right now? And it's like, well, New Day has the King of the Rain and they're the best tag team. They just don't have the titles. They might get those titles soon from the Usos. Who knows? We'll see because they might want them doing PR for uh, WrestleMania, but they might also want the Bloodline to have all the gold. So uh, that it will be interesting. I'm sure that'll be a day one match uh, yet again, or it might already be booked. I'm not sure. If the Usos aren't on day one, I feel like that's their pay-per-view. They're down since no, day one. No, Usos New Day are definitely going to be on it. I just don't know. If but it's they are yet. day one. Like they, That's their thing. So if they're not on day one, I feel like if they're on the pre-show, I'd be very upset. That's all I'm saying. That's all. Uh, you never know with WWE. You never know. Okay. Um, anything else besides, uh, oh, Austin Theory and McMahon storming in. That, that was, was a weird one this that week. That was odd. Um, of course, we're bearing the lead for our boy Guthrie as he was talking to Apollo <laughs> Crews, which I'm trying to keep a straight face in. Commander Aziz was something important. <laughs> but. Hey, good for Apollo getting FaceTime yeah, with, face with the boss. He got FaceTime with the boss. That I, makes me happy. I legitimately didn't think he knew who Apollo was. So the fact that he was. Oh, no, he promo, definitely does. So He knows. I don't know. I just, His IC title reign was great. Then he lost to Nakamura, and that title hasn't been seen since. It's true. So. It's true. But the other thing that I thought was funny was they made a joke about the eraser and the pencil and, like, the the the, the, the link to booking to me. Like, that made me laugh more than anything else. Like, let me show you what the eraser is, kid. Like, <laughs> you're not wrestling. I love that stuff. So, like, for me, a little tongue-in-cheek. I thought that was great. However, I thought, boy, did it fall flat. Because I, 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 think, I, I think as a viewer, I'm just as confused as Austin Theory when I'm watching Vince McMahon talk. This week for sure. And so I just, I went, yeah, I'm siding with him because what the fuck are you saying? Like, what are you doing? So, it is what it is. Anything else? Want to move on? No, we're good. Yeah, I got nothing. I don't want to get hopeful. talk about the dirty dogs. You want to get yeah. hopeful? I, you don't want to talk about the dirty big... dogs. <laughs> you're my only hope. Uh, bubble wrap, get us to the hope, baby, because that's all you're good for. And on WrestleMania, Liv and Becky had another segment this week. And uh, not only we didn't mention this last week and shame on us, but the live girl was awesome. This week we got a Becky girl. So they're starting to call attention to it. I'm sure they're going to do something with that leading up, but I think they should. I think that's a fun little thing. Um, but the one, the thing that I want to point out here as part of my hope is that it's sure. I mean, I still think Becky's going to find a way hook by crook again to defeat live at uh, day one and we're going to get the lawn road and I think Liv winning the rumble would be really cool and that would be really how you cement her in the superstar conversation because like you said like we feel like she's on that trajectory she's definitely like becoming a star but to get to that superstar level like she has to have something and if I think if they just have her win the title at day one I don't think that does her a lot of good so going the lawn route here is definitely the approach but the thing that i want to call attention to and they did they called attention to into it and normally when wwe lays these little easter eggs they usually come back and we've seen it with charlotte in the past too because becky kind of pulled the charlotte thing being like i did it because i could and because i'm smart in terms of grabbing the rope and she's like you could have done it too and you didn't so to me i looked at that i was like huh that's a good little easter egg because obviously you talked about Liv's believability. The reason why I think we love her so much is that it's almost because she isn't so believable because of her size and she's always been that underdog and everything. So, you know, it, I think someday when she does beat Becky, which I hope she will down the line, whether it's at whenever it is, she needs to win 
by grabbing that rope like Becky did. Because when you lay an Easter egg like that, it's so good that when it happens, I think it would be a very satisfying storyline type thing, which we don't always get in WWE, but every now and then they do leave good ones. And I think the fact that they, Becky made a point to bring that up. I'm like, they're going to use this and they should. So that's the main part of my hope here. Cause I'm looking at this. I'm like, they really have a chance here with Liv. I think so far for the most part, it's been mostly hits. They're doing a nice job building her and building her to try to get her to that next level. Uh, I think Becky still has some work to do in terms of picking a lane, but I think she definitely is helping live more than she's hurting live most weeks. Um, but yeah, that's the essence of my hope is that I want them to call back to that. So when Liv does wins, that she finally gets over that hump by becoming smarter and using Becky's old game against her. And I do kind of hope that they involve these uh, two young girls who have these great facial reactions to Liv and Becky because the Becky girl might have even been better than the Liv girl because that face, man, whoo, that was like Ms. Girl stank face. It was it was good stuff. So uh, I, I'm enjoying this still for the most part. It definitely has some up and downs. I'm sure there's going to be more, but I want them to continue to play the lawn game here because I think that's good for everyone involved. So that's my hope. Hashtag JC knows hashtag JC's hopes come true. So here's my hope. I'm going to go over to AEW for this one because it, 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 it dawned on me. Uh, this tweet- I hope Hulk wins the world title at winter is coming. No, <laughs> no. Um, I want Hangman Page to decisively beat Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson, right? We get that out of the way. We think that that's kind of a thing because he's beaten up like six of his guys. It seems like the normal thing to do. I think the next logical standpoint for me, my hope is we get Punk out there. Punk's the next one. Hangman Page beats him too. We get those out of the conversation. And here's what I want. Since everybody's bitching on the internet, I don't know if you watched what happened at the, the uh, they had a giant thing in Chicago. Hangman Page was in front of a bunch of people. He went to go shake somebody's hand and then pulled it away. And I think you set up the real feud for me. It's not MJF versus Hangman Page. I think, I, I, I think keeping MJF away from that championship as far as you possibly can until you can lock him up into 24. I mean, that's 2024, that's when you give it to him, when you give him the big contract. Watching Adam Cole get upset over the handshake made me go, that's the fucking guy. And everybody's been complaining about how he's been dancing around with his, you know, young, young buck friends. And he's got Bobby Fish and probably Kyle O'Reilly. Cause we can talk about that too, with, you know, Johnny Goggles and everything going away. Um, but I thought, let's, let's have hangman beat the most definitive challengers. He can with the punks and the, the Daniel Bryans or the, you know, Danielsons or whatever. And then we get to the Adam Coles, because I think, if you look at the lo- the lineage and the logic of it, it was like Brian, Punk, and Adam Cole. They said all those three were going to move the needle or whatever. You can decide whether you believe that or not. But I think by I think you'd be surprised if he got over Brian. If you'd be surprised, I think, if he got over Punk. But then you get to Adam Cole and you're like, oh shit, that's our guy. You know what I mean? Like I think Tony Khan looks at that as like the next succession and where it's going for me. So my hope is that you get a lot of quality wins up front for Hangman, and then by the time we get to that summer at All Out, we're getting to Adam Cole, baby. Because by then, then you can have the Bucks, you know, in, in, in that whole thing. Kenny Omega might be coming back by then. You could have Kenny try to help. You know, you could do all sorts of kind of weird things there. I think it, it'll all work its way out. Might have to wait till August or September. But I think Adam Cole versus Hangman Page, baby. I think that's where we're headed. Nessa, they've done such a bad job. Adam Cole's been such a failure in AEW. He hasn't done anything. It's a complete goof. They completely dropped the ball. What a shitty signing. Man, 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 man. Fucking morons. No, because I think you're right. I think this is like, first of all, dude hasn't lost a match yet. Yeah. Like, I believe uh, Brian's the only one who ha- has a non-win with the tie. Yeah. So it's like, it, I think it would be great to have him be the first loss for Brian, the first loss for Punk. And hell, maybe Adam Colbebe is undefeated when he faces it, Hainman, yeah. and people could be like, oh, he could do it, and then it's either he gets through all three of them, or I think Adam Cole would be a perfect guy to I be think, the next champion. I, I think he is the next champion because I look at it and I'm like, I think I'm going to have more fun watching Punk. Like, I think what happens here is Punk, we know that Punk and, and MJF are going to happen. I think Punk wins very quickly in decisive fashion so that... But what happens is it's kind of an elimination match. Right. And then like punk goes and then, you know, then you can get back to punk losing to hangman because MJF did something. And then of course, once I believe punk and MJF are done with, which I assume would be three or four matches down, hopefully 
Then you get to the the MJF and the Wardlow, which I think could take you. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there are other ducks in a row for other people when I look at it because there's a lot of you know possibilities. I just look at Adam Cole of like you can say that he's been you know treading water or whatever, but he's made Jungle Boy it's something. You know what I mean? Like it'll be interesting to see if Kyle O'Reilly comes in with the, you know, like, are they going to be undisputed? Are they going to be the undisputed delete? Is it going to be the elite versus the undisputed? Is it going to be a, a tug of war for Adam's love? You know, and like, you kind of have that to hold yeah, us over until right. we get there. And that can, so it's like, that's why it's like, you know, a lot of that stuff, like it obviously get a lot of the multi-tag matches. It's not my favorite stuff, sure. but it's like, you can tell they're having fun. They're doing their thing. It's, it's whatever. It's like, you, I'm getting to watch Adam Cole. So I'm right. happy. It's like, it's one of those things. Like I don't want my favorite guy to just come in right away and just like, like that's not how it should work right like especially the way aw is like they're very top heavy in terms of contenders because they've done a nice job you also have a thing like when moxie comes back mm -hmm. he might even have a run in there too so sure. and mox um, mox versus you know mox versus hangman gets you to april may you know what i mean like it yeah, works exactly it, it absolutely works. and on top of that like here's a bonus hope too if they're going to unveil not that, they, that i have any information on this but i'm just you know slightly booking it if you get to a point where you're like okay we're going to have six man championships which you, you can feel my eyes rolling but if you get to that point and then you have, okay, there's a tournament and it's like, okay, is it Adam Cole and the Undisputed or is it Adam Cole and the Bucks? And then you're like, you know what I mean? Like you have to, you know, like you can find a way and they get to the finals and he has to pick somebody like you can, you know what I mean? Like you can find we a way. also the stepping stone for Adam Cole to Hainman could be Omega. Right. That's been the tease there and that you can get there. And maybe that's like the big summer pay-per-view match. And then in the fall, you get Hainman Cole, which sure. kind of like they did this year, which who knows, they might not want to make it like a every uh, exactly one year yeah. thing. But in terms of like, there's plenty of matches to get us through there. And I think at some point, like Punk's going to have to take an L at some point. He's going to have to get a title shot at some point. So having him, I think he'd be more than happy to lose to Hainman. If he's everything that he says he is in this return, then losing a Heyman shouldn't be a problem for you, but that's part of the reason you come back is then solidify this guy. And I think that's what Brian Danielson's doing. He's like, you know what? I'll run through it on the roster, but I really want to put really help put over some of these guys too. And I think he's probably looking at Hayman like the rest of us being like, I'm going to make, I can make that fucking guy. Yeah. Let me make him. So I think I'm excited I, for it. I'm excited for it too. And I think there's a lot of possibilities. There's a lot of chuffa and a lot of random shit we got to get through. But yeah. I think in the, the big tent pole events and the big tent, you know, the big points I'm trying to make are there's a lot more to play with the toys in the chest over there. And a lot of more sense being made sometimes. So I just, I look at it like, guys. Well, because they don't give it away. Yeah. They yeah. save it. Yeah. They find a way where it's just like, where WWE, it's like, Bobby Lash is going to wrestle all three of the other top Raw superstars on one night. Well, he just gave away three matches. Yeah. AEW doesn't do that. NXT doesn't even do that. It's just, it's yeah. the main, especially on Raw. It just, it's, it's just such fundamental differences. And it's like why one can be a little more enjoyable with certain aspects than the other. That's mm -hmm. all. Now it's time for the comeback. Don't call it a comeback. He's been here for uh, a couple of years. I'm giving mine to Otis because not only did he look stellar in his matchup against uh, one particular riddle, but but he threw a better Judas effect than Jer uh, Jericho again Facts. and looks like a house doing it. I just love him. He looks like a wrecking ball. Randy Orton put him over in the promo pr prior to it. I just, I love the whole thing. I've been a, you know, closet Otis guy for a very long time, but I just thought, I watched Chad Gable just sit there and how excited he was. He's like, that's my number one guy. Like, the fact that he's so committed to it, I'm in. And you can say what you want about the RK Brodemann or whatever that's going to happen here. I believe very much so that I would rather see the Alpha Academy beat RK Bro. I think... Me too. I, I don't care about the Mysterios. I don't care about Street Profits in terms of winning championships. I think they're fine on their own. They don't need them. But I think if you want to make this team... You have RK Bro lose to the to, to those guys because I looked at Otis and I went, he he's he's got something there. Like we know he can be entertaining, but he's also very good at being just there when he needs to be. He's in the right place at the right time. And and Chad Gable can do do, do no wrong. And I, I just look at it like the Mysterios are going to do their own thing. The Street Profits will be fine till they're done. You know what I mean? Like they're going to be fine. Give me Alpha Academy. Give me Alpha Academy oh. right now. I think we're on that track. And as you know, I love this tag team. And Randy said he's wanted to work with this tag team. I think day one, RK-Bro gets a definitive win over, let's say, the Street Profits from the tournament. But that sets it up at the Royal Rumble that maybe the Alpha Academy is up for RK-Bro. And the Royal Rumble is also on that show. So maybe that's where Alpha Academy gets the big dub. And then the Riddle Orton RK-Bro starts to fall apart within the Rumble or at the Rumble and then some capacity. So I think we could be headed on that track because I think Gable and Otis is magic. That theme song is magic. 
And it's just like, they're, they're kind of like, I, I love the way the tag team is set up because you have Gable go in there and wrestle a half hour, but Otis can come in and give you probably the five best minutes of the match. So it's, I think they're a match made in heaven. It was a great decision to have them together. And I think they play off each other. Well, and the character work is great. Um, my comeback, WrestleMania, we trashed this all show, but there's one man who looks great and everything. And that's Bobby Lashley. Cause that dude comes in, he dominates I'm wearing my heart business, Bobby Lashley shirt. He's a stud. So he'll get my comeback. Cause he looked great, even though I didn't love it, but it's just, I mean, the dude's a stud. Lashley uh, continues to be a stud. They continue to book him like a stud. Um, I would love him to be one of the Rumble favorites. I think that would be cool. I would love him to face Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. That would be cool. So, yeah, uh, Lashley, you're getting my comeback, bud. And there you go, Lashley. Uh, I can't say enough good things about Lashley. And MVP did a lot of heavy lifting in that entire night. So yes, kudos to them. But we are now in the big old finishes. We are going to talk about a lot of things. We haven't really talked about NXT, and I'm curious. Uh, obviously, you watched NXT on Tuesday, JC. How did you feel about uh, things? I'm still enjoying this product. I think NXT 2.0 is it's just a lot of fun, and it's, it's fresh. It's fresh and refreshing because, like, we talked about how NXT kind of got to be a little bit of a slog because it was just kind of like, the same like people that have been around were just still kind of around. And the coolest part of NXT over the years is just like, you just like, it's always felt like a cyclical thing. Like people came in, people went out, then more people came in and it was just like, everything was always so fresh. And that's kind of the thing we have going here. Uh, this week we're getting another debut of a character, uh, Joe Gacy's uh, little buddy there, Harland is making his entering debut. So I'm curious for that because this guy had a lot of hype coming into WWE. I haven't really seen much about him. And obviously he's uh, taking this very odd, character so to speak but uh joe gacy being the most accepting man in the world is accepted in harland when the rest of society has bashed him shame on you so i am curious to see how this kind of works it has my interest uh because i have no idea what it's going to be like and the only other thing i saw booked for nxt this week is uh cora jade taking on dakota guy in a rematch it sure seems like cora jade and mandy seems to be a few that they really want to have uh going on so and did everybody else notice that she's cleared already from her shoulder thing so you know that's a thing just, just throwing it out there, folks. Stud. Yeah, she's on steroids, apparently. I don't know. Or maybe it was fake. I don't know. One way or the other is what it is. It was a work. So work, we, work, 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 so, work, work. Uh, I'm surprised you didn't bring this up just to, uh, you know, heat up the, uh, you know, gaslight the old Nestle. But uh, Johnny Gargano said goodbye. Yes. Uh, was attacked by somebody that I think is less than. That's fine. Stud. No, not stud. Grayson Walla. Uh, also, by the way, I uh, just want to throw this out here before we continue. Uh, we have a we have a what was considered. This is what it actually was tweeted 16 minutes ago as we are talking. It says big in caps money with a bag money match tonight on NXT. Can you guess what it's going to be? Uh, their version of a big money match, JC. Can you take a guess without looking? Big money match. Uh, is it going to be fucking Duke Hudson and Cameron Grimes? Nope. Think about what happened last week. Big money match. Braun Breaker versus Roddy Strong. Oh yeah, they did. They did kind of tease that with the segment last week. That's, That's a right, money match. That. That's a money match. Hey, you know what? It's one of those things. It's like Roddy. Say what you want about Roddy Strong, but he can make Braun look good. And uh, we haven't really seen Braun really not look good. So um, in terms of like dominance, uh, so I would think that he's going to get the win over Roddy. Mm-hmm. I would hope so, but you never New know. Cruiserweight champion, the cruiserweight champion. He could eat that guy for breakfast. I hope it's three minutes or less. Honestly, yeah. I hope he beats me. up the Creed brothers too. And I just stare down. I just, I, their, their idea of a big money match to me. was just like, come on, you fuck it. come on, come on. I mean, it's one of their champions versus one of their top young stars. Like that's, yeah, I, I think, so. I think there is something with, uh, uh, I don't know. I thought Andre Chase was annoying someone too. He might have a match. I'm not sure. I don't know. I, they don't do a good enough job presenting it to me. They have. They've done a good job teasing matches, but this week I was just I was looking through the feed yesterday and I was having trouble finding stuff. So, so get back to my Grayson Waller point. The man has like 300 followers more than we do on on uh, you know Twitter. I'm just saying if he's a big social media guy, it seems like WWE hasn't done him any favors yet in terms of getting followers or recognition or being I don't know viral. But that's beside the point. I mean, he's on NXT. There, there's like yeah, but he's also on. Uh, he's also getting at least almost Grayson a million Waller people is going watching to him. Be a big star. I and hope they're going not. to go out of their way to make him a big star. And in two years, WrestleMania, you're you are going to be talking about Grayson Waller on the main roster, and you're going to be like, yeah, this guy's great. I hope not. 
I really hope Why? Not. Why do you wish failure on people? No, I'm not wishing failure on him. I'm just saying I hope that I don't have to look like an idiot. That's really what I'm no, saying. No, it's fine. It's fine. We look like idiots all the time. You're just a little more often than me, but it's all good. Well, that was a backhanded insult, but that's okay. <laughs> Would you say Baron Corbin's ascent was worth it? I think it was. Yeah, but here's the thing. You could, and I guess you could make the same argument about Waller, but I, I think that, like, I looked at Baron Corbin as... Like, I probably should have been on that train from the beginning, and I just wasn't. Probably. But I, yeah. you could say the same thing about Waller, but here's the thing I don't like about Waller is I just don't like how he's... Like, I, I, it's hard for me to say. He just doesn't have... You, mean you don't want to cheer him, so he's a good heel. No, 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 no. no that has nothing to do with it. I, I, I could cheer him, I think. But when I look at him, I think he falls under the same category for me as a Sammy Guevara. Super... Super cool looking, right? But he does a move set. He's like Seth Rollins sometimes. Does an incredible move set that I'm supposed to boo. Like, I don't understand. Like, how does that, like, can you explain to me? Like, that's why I think the disconnect for me was Sammy Guevara. I do understand that point. I just think they realize, especially with the landscape of NXT, for them to get this guy on our screen and get us comfortable with him, he kind of had to be a heel just because of where the the chips fell as they may. And I think he's going to be a guy that, I, I do think I mean I never even thought about it. I think it's I'm not saying he's gonna be Seth Rollins, but I do think that comparison is like he does have little pieces of that in terms of like annoyingness as a heel. But yeah, the move set that's always gonna be a thing. We've seen that with a lot of these guys, and so if that's your biggest criticism, like I get it, but I don't think that's a, a nail in the coffin type thing. But I just I don't know. There's some he has like a little bit of that it, and it's very it's kind of like buried in some dirt right now. But it's there, and they're going to continue to scrape it off and shine it up, and it's going to take some time. But there's there's something there with him, man. There really is. And I mean, our boy Dom's all over it too. So in two years, you're going to be kissing me and Dom's rings, baby. The fact that you both have to have rings, unless you guys want to have a commitment ceremony to each other, which is fine if we want to do that. I mean, hey, Dom Dom has good takes most of the time. Dummy takes. Yeah. Except except Veer, which is the next Batista. He's still walking from. Hey, India you know what? Raw, he's still fine. trying to find his way to Raw, yeah. so he's not Ron yet. I mean, guys. Pump the bus. He's going to show he up at the Rumble. Off the road, he's going to hopefully he'll veer back oh, to our oh, 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 oh. Okay, so I made that veer joke like six months ago and nobody laughed. And then you make nobody it. Nobody remembered like, oh. it. <laughs> no one remembered it. Unoriginal content. Unoriginal content from JC. First time I heard it. First time I heard it. But WrestleMania, I do have to say, uh, I believe Winter is Coming is uh, Wednesday, right? Yes, let's do this thing. So we should probably preview it. Four matches are booked. We're going to start off with the match of the night. Wardlow versus Matt Sedal. Oh, you were serious. Uh, <laughs> Wardlow, yeah. I this one caught me by surprise, Ooh. but yeah. Um, Sidal, put over Wardlow, please. Hopefully, it's quick. We have Sheeta v. Deep three. The first two are Baners. I expect this one to be two, and uh, I think Sheeta's gonna win. Maybe is it one and one? It has to be one and one, right? Like, yeah, they both have one one. Uh, yeah. I have a feeling that Sheeta's gonna win, but I, I'm really loving Deep. I think, I think. Ah, fuck it. I'll go with deep. Because I think that there's something there with deep where I feel like she can do more. Like, Sheeta going up against uh, Britt Baker would be good, I Never guess. Never got a rematch. Right, which I think would be good. But I, I there's something about it that I'm, I'm, I feel like deep is the kind of person that needs it more. Because she doesn't be fine. Yeah, it depends what you think she's going to be. I just look at that division and I see her being like kind of like a stepping stone for women to get to the next level. Because she is so good and she's that veteran and she can make people look really good. I just see her more of like a launching pad for some of the younger baby faces. But who knows? We'll see. Uh, We also have the Dynamite Diamond Ring. Uh, Every year I feel like we talk about the Battle Royal and we pick a winner and we forget the top two facing a match. (laughs) So yeah, that happened. MJF and Dante Martin, uh, he was Team Taz for a week. Um, So I'm sure they're going to cost him this thing. And MJF is going to win it once again. I don't know how to feel about this because I feel like they've been pushing the Dante Martin train a little bit faster than it should. They've, I think they've done great with him, though, honestly. They've made me care a I lot think, about him. But you could go the other way and say that Punk would cost him so that Dante wins. So you could you could have two different ways of thinking. It just depends on which one we're, we're right. You're more you're you're probably have a better probability of being correct that 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 team Taz. There's more members of Team Taz. You know, they might send Hook. That's true. If they send Hook, I'm all set. I'm I'm literally hooked. Uh, but <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, do you really like? Can you see Dante Martin doing anything with that ring? I don't think so. I think no. That ring I see MJF continuing to fucking kiss it, and he'll, honestly, who knows? Maybe, maybe because um, maybe this match kicks off the show, and he needs Wardlow's help, 
and somehow it costs Wardlow later in the night to continue that feud. And he looks like, I think there's a lot of inner workings here on this card with those types of guys. And there's a lot of moving parts in this. And let's Leo rush. They kind of, they released merchandise of Leo and Dante, even though they haven't showed them reunited yet. So that's clearly a thing that could happen too. So I would expect a big fat mess in this one, but the main event, which I'm sure will be the last probably 45 minutes of the show is uh, Adam Hayman page for the first time, defending his championship against Brian Danielson. We both said we're picking Hayman, but Nestlemania what how do you think this when this match finishes how are you going to feel about it? are you going to be like oh my god match of the year oh that was great or oh i wanted more i don't think we're going to be satisfied with it i really i think and i and i and i mean that and not that like i'm trying to be negative i mean that as a leaving more on the table for more money later i think that i, I, agree. I, I look at it like like you said earlier as much as i hate to admit that you're correct you made a point about appetizers this is probably an appetizer to revisit something later on so I think it'll be a definitive win. I would like to see him kick Brian's head in. I don't know if we're going to get that. Uh, or if the Dark Order all just lays the boots to him at the end. That'd be cool, too. I think Daniel Bryan, or Brian Danielson, excuse me, does a good job of understanding where he needs to be at what point. So I look at it like maybe you could even go that the fact of maybe Hangman, Hangman wins and then Brian attacks him afterwards and then, you know, Dark Order can come out and save the day. You know, that way everybody looks the same. I know it's not great. But I just, you know, it's a very, can it's I give a, a bonus out? I'm fine with Hangman being friends with the Dark Order, but can we just stop this fucking on screen stuff? Because it just, it, I don't know. It just, it kind of takes me out of it. I just, just like, let Hangman be his thing. He's a fucking cowboy. He's a solo act. It's like, it's fine. Like, the, I was fine with the celebration when he won the title because they were his friends. But at this point, now that we're getting through this Brian feud and he fucking kicked all their heads in. Can we just not have it so every feud is going to be like, oh, I'm CM Punk. I'm wrestling every member of the Dark Order except Colt Cabana because fuck that guy. And <laughs> I just, no, I just, I can't do this because I think it's just going to, I think it's going to cheapen Hangman's reign, which I want to be just him being a fucking cowboy. He's a fucking cowboy. Let him be a fucking cowboy. Let him be Guns a fucking cowboy. Yeah. All right. That's a fair assessment. Fair My assessment. opinion. That's all. Anything else you want to wrap up the show? No, we can wrap it up. Okay, well, you're going to do your spiel about the, the Five Flames and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, jobberknocker.com. Uh, that's where you can check out all the great analysis for NXT and AEW from our boy Dom and the Joe Stopper. Dom also does Impact, uh, which is having big things going there as well, so you should read his shit to uh, know about it. Um, but, yeah, website's great. Uh, TJ's Gargano piece is still up there because, obviously, Johnny's uh, twitching, I believe, for the first time tonight, so uh, I'm sure TJ will be in there sending heart emojis the entire night. Uh, but you can check out his article, tpublic.com slash jobberknocker, buy the merch, get in the holiday spirit, lots of good shit, lots of super hot fire designs, Twitter at jobberknocker, uh, staff is in the description, Facebook jobberknocker, Instagram jobberknocker, give us five stars, five flames, and all podcasting platforms. We appreciate it, and uh, tell your friends, and like we said, Macro Awards, much like Veer Mahan, coming soon, but we promise they're not going to take that long. Oh, yeah, we've, we're ready. We're ready to do these things. So it'll be yeah. there, ready there for the holiday season. But on that note, we appreciate you listening to the Jobber Knocker. We'll be back next week with more Jobber Knockery. <laughs>